Well, it's good to see everyone tonight and those who will be viewing this live and also those who will be viewing the replay. And what I'm going to be talking about, this is number 142 of Mind-Brain Connections, and I want to talk about the allegorical reality of many are called, few are chosen. This has been a verse of scripture that has been misunderstood a lot. As a matter of fact, I saw a Facebook post a couple of weeks ago that said they were trying to say that this was only for the Jewish people. Now I want to show you something about that tonight because I believe that whatever was spoken to the people of the first century, called the Jewish people, whatever was spoken to them is also for us. It's also for us. But I want to show you another little nugget on this once we get here in Romans 2. We're going to talk about the true Jew. And I know you know this because we've gone to Romans chapter 2 before, but let's look at Matthew 22 as we begin. And let me say this. This was before the cross. How many heard that? Yes. This was before the cross. Say it again. This was before the cross. Meaning, Many are called, the word called is where we get the word, if we do the word study, saints. Mm -hmm. So before the cross, we were saints. Amen. As Ecclesiastes 7.29 says, before the cross, we were upright. Mm -hmm. So the cross simply revealed our uprightness, the yes. resurrection. Right. The death exposed the lies. Remember, the veil was rent. That was over our eyes at the death of Jesus Christ. The veil was rent. That's the lies. That's law. That's rules, regulations, whatever you want to call it. The veil was rent. In other words, he exposed the lies at his death. But at the resurrection, one of the meanings, as we all know, of resurrection is the discovery of spiritual truth. We discover something that has always been the truth from before the foundation. So if you look here in Matthew chapter 22 and verse, uh, verse 14, for many, now many in the Greek means the largest number. So what would that mean? If it's the largest number, it would mean all mankind. The largest number. For many or all are called, and when you do a word study on called and you get to the etymology of that word, it means saints. So all are saints. This is before the cross now. Amen. All are saints. This is before the cross. But few are chosen. Few are chosen. Now, if this was talking about natural Israel, it wouldn't say few are chosen because they were known, all of them, as God's chosen. Yeah, right. yeah. Did you catch that? Yeah. But it says few are chosen. Few are chosen. And, of course, we know that it was said of Jesus at his baptism... This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And guess what? He hadn't done anything in ministry. He hadn't done anything in ministry. But now the last part here, look what it says again. But few are chosen. And let me ask tonight, who are God's chosen people? A lot of people would say Israel. That's God's chosen people. No, no, no. Let's go to Romans chapter 2 and let's identify God's chosen people. 
Paul is very specific about what he's saying here about the Jewish people or God's chosen people. He said it's not those in natural Israel that were born exactly. of the Israelite people yep. that have the natural heritage of being a Jew. Right. That's exactly what he's going to say here yep. in Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. Yep. Yep. Look what it says in 28. For he is not a Jew. What? He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, or one that was born right. naturally of Jewish heritage. Exactly. He is not a Jew, yep. which is one outwardly. Then he goes on to say in verse 29, but, I'm glad the but's there, mm -hmm. but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Yep. And listen, then he qualifies it, who has circumcision of the heart mm -hmm. in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Yeah, right. Now let me just break this down a little bit more because this term Jew actually comes from the tribe of Judah. Wow. Judah. The word Judah comes from this word Jewish or Jew. And we know from Numbers chapter 2 that Judah was situated in the encampment around the tabernacle at the east. Dan was at the north, Reuben was at the south, Ephraim was at the west. So what this is saying here is when we look north toward Dan, Judah is on our right. Mm -hmm. So what it's saying is as we draw out of the right side, as we draw out of the right side, we are the ones that are circumcising our heart. We are yielding the lower thoughts. We're yielding the intellect, the reason, the logic, and even the physical thought senses, and even the emotions. As we yield those, that constitutes circumcision, as it says here in Romans chapter 2. Now, go back to Matthew again, chapter 22. The problem in dwelling from the left side is that that is the, especially when lower thoughts penetrate the left side, when they infiltrate the left side, that is called carnal thinking. Yep. Yeah. It's called carnal thinking. Now, it doesn't matter if a person, and I'm not okaying this and agreeing with this, but it doesn't matter how a person acts or thinks. Yep. If he's thinking carnally, he's still upright. Objectively, he's still a saint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still he's still in this positional standing, if you will. Mm -hmm. But as we learned last Sunday, we do not want to stop just with the objective reality. Right. Yeah, yeah. We want to go on and experience the subjective experience. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, when we think of carnal thinking, as Paul talked about in Romans chapter eight and verse seven. There are two aspects to our carnal thoughts, our carnal thinking. One is a good aspect. That's when people do good things to get a pat on the back or thinking they're getting brownie points with God. They're becoming more holy or more righteous. But then there's another aspect of carnal thoughts, and that is the evil side. And that is never, ever encroaching, never, ever allowing the right side or the east or the sun to encroach on the west side. The sun rises in the east, and what does it do? It sets on the west. As in the natural, so in the spiritual. 
And Paul said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 7, he said, the carnal, and you know, it does say carnal mind, but there's only one mind. And it should have been translated, it would have been easier to read if it would have been translated as carnal thoughts, lower thoughts, can never submit unto the law of God or the Spirit of God. Right. Yep. So in other words, God's chosen people are those, as he said in Romans chapter 2, that camp on the right side or the right hemisphere of the Christ mind, and the lower thoughts that infiltrate through our left side you see, Eve was tempted. She was the one. Now, it wasn't a talking snake. What was that? that? That challenged the woman. And when we're challenged and tempted, it's always coming from the left side. Our woman, our feminine part. So Eve was challenged not by a talking snake, but the talking snake has to do with the flesh. It was her flesh, you see, that tantalized her or tempted her or challenged her to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, just as we see the sun rising in the east and setting in the west, when we are tempted, it's the lower thoughts, again, infiltrating the west, and the west encroaching upon the east to try to put the light of the east out. Now, right now, what is happening is the light is beginning. We, we are in the beginning of the springtime, and the east is now encroaching on the west. And so spring is on its way. Spring has sprung, right? It's springing forth, you see. Now, in the wintertime, we know in the natural that what happens in the fall is that the days get shorter because the west encroaches upon the east. And the days get shorter. Now our days are getting longer. Why? Because the east is encroaching on the west. Now, the same thing that happens in the natural happens to us, spiritually. When the West encroaches on our East, it puts out the light of the East or the Christ mind. Yeah. Yep. So what we want to do is we want the left to vibrate at the same level of frequency yes. as the East does, yes. as the Christ mind does. Yes. And as we do, then subjectively, the two are married. They become one subjectively. They're already one objectively, but they become one subjectively. And that constitutes us living by the Spirit, or it constitutes us living by the Christ mind. Now, in Matthew, go back to Matthew if you didn't get Matthew 22, verse 15. Look what it says here. You know, Jesus always had people come up to him to try to trick him so they could accuse him. And they, many times they even use the truth against him, as we're going to see today. But look what it says in Matthew 22, 15. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel. This is the religious dudes, the Pharisees. Took counsel on how they might entangle him in his talk. They were always trying to tempt him. They were always trying to entangle him. They were always trying to, you know, bring him to a place where he would say certain things that they could point their finger at him and say, oh, you're not such a good Jesus after all. You're not walking according to the Spirit. You're not walking. You say you don't do anything but what you see the Father do or say anything but what you hear the Father say. You're not really walking that lifestyle. And they were constantly trying to do that. So these Pharisees here are those that are religious. But listen, the Pharisees are also people that make everything in the Scriptures literal. Yep. Yeah, 
Right. It's all about literalism. Yeah. Never do the Pharisees ever look at allegorical right. truth or parabolic truth mm -hmm. or symbolic truth or hyperbole. They never interpret it that way. They always interpret everything in a literal sense. Now, look what it says in verse 16. And I'm going to say this kind of sassy because this is what was going on. Look what it says in verse 16. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Master, 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 we know that thou art true. And we know that you teach the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of man. Now the Herodians represent a political group of people. Well, now then. So when you get religious and political together, you got a mess. You got a mess. You get the two together, you got a mess. And so, in other words, what has happened and what was happening here was that the religious people joined with the political people. That's what happened. And they added another aspect to just the religious people. It's now religious and political together. That's what happened. And so, listen, what is this allegorically? Nearly every religious person that we run in today is also political. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nearly every church, and I'm going to go so yep. far saying every religious church today yep. is political. Yep. Because they have their rules, their regulations, they have the way they do things. Doesn't matter what the Word says. Doesn't matter what the Spirit says. We've done it this way for 50 years, and bless God, we're going to do it for another 50 years. Why? Because you've got the religious and the political together. I'm telling you, I, I made a post, someone posted a post here about a month ago, maybe not even that long, and they were talking about the religious church being political. And I don't do this very often, but I went on a little rant. <laughs> and what I said is, oh yeah, Facebook is political. And it's religious. Because some people won't let anyone know who they're listening to because of what they might think about that person. We don't want anyone to know that we listen to Kay Fairchild or so-and-so. We don't want our friends to know that we listen to her. That is as political as the day is long. Now that's political and that's religious together, all wrapped up together. Now notice here the first part of Herodians, what is it? Five letters, H-E-R-O-D, Herod. And what did Herod do? He was in the political scene and he wanted all the babies for, you know, from a, a certain age down to be killed in order to kill Jesus. And that's exactly what we have today. There's that religious and political wicked influence that sets about in the lives of people to cut them off from being led of spirit and from drawing from the east side of the dawning of the new day or their Christ mind. And so these religious people here have joined together yep. with the same negative influence in order to destroy the new life. Yeah. They, could, they could destroy Jesus, but spiritually in order to destroy the new life that would rise up within the people that attend their groups. Yep. And listen, it is the same influence of religion same. today, same, same political tactics, yeah. yep. same game that they played for hundreds and thousands of years. Yes. Amen. It's that old question about, well, what would my parents say if they knew I was thinking this way? What would my peers think 
What would the church that I attend think if they know that I'm dabbling a little bit in meditation? It's a big one, meditation. Absolutely. And the same, listen, the same political system aligns with the religious system of our day. And guess what? Filled with it. The reason why the political system today is so you know, welcoming of the religious church is because the religious church is absolutely no threat to them whatsoever. And you know what it is? You know what, you know what this is? Religion is an antichrist. And especially when you add politics to it, it's a, and what does antichrist mean? And instead of. We have all our rules and regulations and traditions and doctrines of men, but they forget the last part of that that make the word of God of none effect. Right. You see? Right. So religion mixed together with a little politics is antichrist. I'm not done yet with that word. <laughs> it's the great, it's the, it, it's the great horror of revelation. Come on, girl. So what is a whore? Giddy up, let's go. A whore, a whore is one that sleeps with other ideas. Yeah. All yes. these other ideas. Oh, boy. And let me take it a little bit further. Amen. It's the religious church that is the bride, yeah. not us. Uh -oh. Uh oh Because what does a bride have? A veil. A veil. <laughs> we are the lamb's wife. Especially those of us that are beginning to be unveiled. Amen. And we're beginning oh, to draw from the right word. side of the Christ's mind of the realm of spirit. Oh, Lord. Amen. Amen. My God. Now look at verse 16 again. Master, we know that thou art true. Oh, my gosh. And you teach the way of truth, but they're liars. They're liars. It's like taunting Jesus and saying, oh, yeah, Jesus, we know you teach the truth. We know you teach the truth. But we want to catch you on something so we can use the truth against you. And you know what? That's exactly what they did. They used the truth to show forth their deceit and their carnal emotional desires. Yep. 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 Wow. I know this is strong and it's it's very tight and it's but it's right. So so let's look at this. They actually were telling the truth and they're using that truth. Right there in verse 16, they're actually telling the truth, but they're simply using that truth against him. Yep. Look what it goes on to say in verse 16. Neither carest thou for any man. Oh, brother. Oh. For thou regardest not the person of man. What is that saying? Jesus, you don't care for people? No, what it's saying is, I don't care for your bishops and your monsignors and your popes and um, I'm not into titles. I'm not into titles. That's what he's saying. Listen, he doesn't regard the titles if the title is just to puff someone up. He doesn't care what people wear. What he cares about is what's on the inside. He's not moved by what people wear on the outside, but he's moved within us by the inside. And these people, these religious people that connected with the oh political people, God. they had no clue about anything about the inside. Nothing. Wait, Now listen, Jesus never got caught up in religion. Wow. Only, only. 
way when he went in to disrupt a service. <laughs> Jesus never got caught up. He, listen, he was out in a cornfield one day with the disciples, and you know what he does? He waits till the rabbis come. <laughs> Let the rabbis come, and I'm going to pick some corn. <laughs> and I suppose when those more rabbis came, he probably had corn all over his face. <laughs> And then when he healed on the Sabbath, oh my Lord, that was the worst thing to heal on the Sabbath. But now see, the religious people, this is the, this is the bottom line of this, religious people, and especially religious people that are political, have no clue about the love walk. They don't. And they had no clue that when Jesus healed on the Sabbath, that he was expressing love beyond yes. their rules and regulations yes, and their yes. pomp and their circumstance yeah. and all that sort of thing. Amen. So these, these politically religious people even went further. They Look what it says in verse 17. They, they continued on with their challenging of Jesus and their tempting of Jesus. And look what it says in verse 17. Tell us, therefore. <laughs> Tell us, therefore. What thinkest thou? Well, they didn't care. <laughs> Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Verse 18, but Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? <laughs> now, what is a hypocrite? It's an actor on the stage of life. But this is a word that came to me today. When you look at hypocrite, H-Y-P-O. They were hypo-religionists. <laughs> Hypo-religionists. Religionists and political people on steroids. That's what they were. Now, look at verse 19 now, 19 through 22. Jesus said, show me the tribute. Bring me a penny. Those that were tempted, just bring me a penny. So they brought him a penny, verse 20, and he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? In other words, whose picture is on this penny? Yeah. They say unto him, Well, Caesar, of course. Then said he, Jesus, unto them, oh. You know, because, you know, Jesus didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Yeah. Just like, which, you know, with a rich young ruler, he was all bound up in his rules, and so Jesus just gives him another rule. <laughs> Go sell everything you have and give to the poor. He was playing a real game with, with that rich young ruler there. So he says here, Then said he unto them, Jesus, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Verse 22, When they had heard these words, they marveled, and they left him. <laughs> and they went their way. So these religious people and these political people we're always trying to catch Jesus at something just like people do today. And I'm going to tell you what, a red flag comes up to me when people say to me, well, the Bible clearly says. The Bible clearly says. The Bible plainly says. I always get a red flag when I hear that. I can't tell you what I get. Now, look at chapter 23. Chapter 23 of Matthew, verse 24. I mean, Jesus has really been raising some hell here 
so to speak, with these religious people. And he's about to undergo a hard situation here by the religious and the political group. And listen, you do not get killed. You do not get killed by starting a new religion. No, you don't. But Jesus wasn't out to start a new religion. No, he was not. The thing that gets you crucified is when you tell the old religious and political people yeah. that what they believe is messed up. Yes. That they are messed up, and when you tell them that they're messed up, that's the thing that is going to get you killed, and it's what Jesus was nailed to the cross for. He became a serious threat to the establishment of the religious system and the political system. Now, here in chapter 23, he's calling these people every name in the book. Every name in the book, because look what it says in Matthew 23, 33. He said, ye serpents. <laughs> ye generation of vipers. That's not so nice. How shall ye escape the damnation of hell? Oh, my gosh. You know what he was saying? When you unravel that, not that there's some eternal conscious torment you're going to go to for this. He was saying, you can't escape the damnation of hell because you are it. <laughs> You're already in it. Hell on steroids. Guess what? That is still true in the religious oh system God. today. That are yes. led by politics yeah. more than they're led by the Christ. That's it. Yeah. Because listen, what is hell but outer darkness? Remember the guy that did? He went into the wedding. He didn't put on the wedding garment, which represents putting on the Christ mind. Yep. He was cast out of that wedding party, and he, it says that he was cast out into outer darkness where there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't some eternal conscious torment of no, hell. No. It was ignorance. ignorance. Yeah. He wouldn't draw from the Christ mind. That's right. Now look what it says here in verse 34. And I want to make a difference here as we look at verse 34 between prophets, wise men, and scribes. It says in verse 34, Wherefore, behold, I sent unto you prophets. Jesus is talking to the religious dudes yeah. and the political dudes yeah. and those that have mixed the two together. Wherefore, behold, I sent unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them you, are, you shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall you scourge in your synagogues. And persecute them from city to city. Yep. So obviously nothing has changed. Right. If a person tells them they need to change their ways and they need to change their mindset, they'll kill you. <laughs> they'll kill you with the tongue. If yep. they can't kill you with a gun, they'll kill you with a tongue. Yep. And that's yep. how the killing goes on today. Yes. And the people that are ministering exactly. the real truth. Yep. They'll kill them. They'll scourge them. The wise men and the scribes and the prophets, ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. So they're still doing the same thing. Anyone, listen, anyone who knows anything about the truth cannot look at religious, political people and say, well, bless God. I know you're doing the best you can do. Bless the Lord. If you know anything, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> Used to there was a day when we thought, well, it's not so bad. Maybe one day they'll come out of this. But we don't have to placate them. And we don't have to agree with them. That's right. Listen, 
Now let me give you two scriptures. Hang on to Matthew 23 and go to Jeremiah 7.22. I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you Jeremiah 7.22 and Ezekiel 12 in verse 2. And this is talking about the people of their day. And they said basically the same thing that Jesus said of the religious and political Amen. people of his day. Amen. Jeremiah 7.22 says, For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day, but I brought them out of the land of Egypt, concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices, verse 23, but I only wanted them to obey my voice. Yeah, right. I only wanted them to draw from the right side. Yeah. I only wanted them to meditate and hear the voice of God rather than... Man, whose breath is in his nostrils. Now, Ezekiel 12, 2 says, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, and they have ears to hear and they hear not, for they are a rebellious house. And you see, as we see the allegorical reality of these words here, what Jesus said, what Jeremiah said, what Isaiah said, and what Ezekiel said, as we really begin to see the allegorical reality of these words, we see, for example, when Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple. Wow. And that is exactly what we are doing as we draw, as we yield the left side and draw the Christ man. We are driving out the money changers right Amen. here. Amen. That's what our ears. Amen. That's what we're doing. Amen. Allegorically. Oh. And these prophets that were sent from the right side, Jeremiah, yeah. Isaiah, Ezekiel, yeah. they were sent. As Jesus said, the prophets, the wise men and the scribes, were sent from me. They were sent from the Christ. They were sent from the Father. And just as Jesus, when you began to minister the things that Jesus said, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, when he said, if your eye be single, your whole body will be filled with light. When he said, take no thought. When he said, when you pray, go into the closet and shut the door. Shut the door. Did you know PTL had about 23 closets that people went into to pray? And they went in there the same way carnal as it were before, and they came out the same way. So it's not talking about a little closet, literal closet with a literal door that you shut. But it's talking about going into yourself and shutting yes. off everything yes. on the outside. And that's what Jesus taught. And these religious people and political people could not go with that whatsoever. Nope. Right. Now, back in Matthew, of course, in chapter 7 and verse 14, it also says, The way is narrow, and few there be that find it. So we have a few here, just like we had in the first scripture that yep. we read in Matthew 22 yep. and verse 14. Amen. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Yeah. And so when Jesus said, cast your net to the right side, what was he talking about? And let me kind of identify these things. Let me identify, first of all, the prophets. We read what the prophets said. Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. And they all said the same thing that Jesus said. But now then you have scribes. And you know what a scribe means? A scribe is not just someone who transcribes and writes stuff down. As a matter of fact, a scribe actually means what is written. It means to write. To write. So we know what the prophet said about the people of his day. But what about the scribes here? 
The scribes were people. Here's the meaning of scribes. It means to write. It means numerology. It means symbology. It means parabolic. It means hyperbole. It means to look at the scripture spiritually. That's a scribe. For example, where we get what we have taught here on the 144,000, it was the scribes that came up with the fact that when you add one, four, four, zero, 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 you get, what do you get? Nine, the consciousness of those who draw from the right side. It was the scribes who came to the revelation first and foremost of 666. When you add 666, you have, what, 18 and 8 plus 1 is 9, so it's a beastly consciousness. It was the scribes that came up with when Jesus said to the disciples, cast your net to the right side, and they caught 153 fish. It was the scribes that came to the revelation that when you add 1, 5, and 3, you get 9, and the fish represents wisdom, and so it's a, a consciousness of wisdom. Wow. The scribes are the people that came up with that. It was the scribes that when Jesus was on the cross, he hung there from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, and six means works and doctrines of men. He hung there for three, or it was dark for three hours. Three is the number of resurrection. And on the third hour, he was raised, and the darkness went away, or in other words, the Christ mind, or the sun set on the west, because the east encroached upon the west side. And that's what it means. It was the scribes that came up with this. That during the three hours of darkness, three being resurrection, the sun came up. The Christ resurrected. So these are things that we have come to understand when you study out the word scribes, you come to understand that the scribes were the people that came up with a lot of numerology because that's another word that the scribes mean, numerology, written, numerology, parabolic, spiritual interpretation. They're the ones that really gave us the understanding of the constellations. And God forbid, the church don't want to hear anything about that. Can't talk about, you know, the different constellations and how the word was written in the heavens before it was written in a book called the Bible. But the scribes came up with that. Wow. Now, I'm just going to share a little something that happened to me this week. I had a little conversation, a very short conversation on my side, with a man that wasn't too happy about me going down to Tennessee. And so I just wrote back. He, he said, you don't want to have her or whatever he said. Don't, don't have her come down and minister to you guys. It was on the post that they put up about going down to Tennessee to minister. And uh, so I, I have a little habit that I do. I had this happen about a month or so ago to another person that I could tell she was writing her post about me because she mentioned words that I use all the time, just about every one of them. And so I wrote to her. I said, much love to you. I wrote to this guy this week on his private Facebook. We're not even friends, but you can send a message if you want on the private Facebook. I said, much love to you. Wow. He came back, and he said, your mouth needs to shut up. <laughs> and he, and that, that's not all he said. He said, you are going to get the plagues of the end of the book of Revelation to come upon you. Oh, now listen, the guy was blessing me. He was. He didn't know that when you talk about at the end of the book of Revelation, it says those that add to or take away are going to get the plagues. That's a good thing because it's the same thing as the vials in Revelation chapter 16. 
So the guy was really blessing me, but he, he didn't he didn't have a clue. But he was blessing me. And my thought was, my thought was, my thought was, if you only knew, every week, and I'm not exaggerating, every single solitary week, I get at least one person that writes to me and says, if it wasn't for the Spirit of God using your messages, because that's what's changed my life, yeah. I don't know where I'd be, yeah. because yes. it has changed my life. Yes. And it has. Yes. This truth has completely changed people's lives. Amen. Now, back in verse 34, it states that they'll kill some, they'll crucify some, and some shall be scourged. Now, let me ask you this question. Where was Jesus scourged? What part of his body was he scourged? On his back. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I understand. Now, listen, I'm going to put something together for you. I understand that through the stripes, we were healed from before the foundation. Yes. And those stripes were to reveal to us that we came here whole and complete. But remember what I taught about from Revelation when we incorporated the book of Revelation into mind-brain connection. I shared with you there how that in Revelation chapter 5, it talks about the little book in the right hand and that it was sealed on the backside yeah. with seven seals. Yeah. And how that the ancient people, when they would come across a person that had the energy fields open, fully open, the pituitary activated, the pineal activated, they would call them a book of life. Yeah, wow. Yeah. They would call those people that had that experience a book of life. So Jesus' scourging on the backside and our scourging on the backside is really that which says to us, you came here whole and those stripes revealed to you that there's never been anything broken, there's never been anything missing, there's disease, is a no thing, it's less than nothing. Amen. Amen. That's the way I see the scourging where he said some of you are going to be killed, some of you are going to be crucified, some of you are going to be scourged. Mm -hmm. wow. When our scourging, his scourging, was our scourging, as to who we thought we were, when we thought we were broken and we thought we were diseased, those stripes revealed to us. See, now by his stripes you were healed, Peter said. So how I see that is according to Malachi, I think it's chapter 4, verses 3 or 4, where it says, the sun, S-U-N of righteousness, shall rise, that's within us, that's the solar plexus, the S-U-N is the solar plexus, and once the chrism begins to rise, the sun, the S-U-N begins to rise, the chrism, the anointing, you can call it, you know, the energy, whatever you want to call it, you can call it, it'll fit there, when it begins to rise, it rises with healing yes. in its wings, yeah. or health in its wings. See, and that's connected. This is what he was talking about when he said some are going to be killed, some are going to be scourged, and some are going to be, they're going to be crucified. Mm -hmm. Now, the way of crucifixion today is through people's tongue. Yes. Like what I experienced yeah. this yeah. week. Yeah. Yes. You know, I want to tell you, I, on Sunday morning I go to Bob Evans for breakfast. 
And I have a lady in there that waits on me occasionally, and today she came up to my table. She wasn't my waiter, but she came up to my table. Oh, she said, it's good to see you. Uh, are you going to your church today and preaching? Because she knows a little bit about me. In fact, she's watched some of the videos, her and her husband, and um, not enough to know the difference, but this is what she said. She said, well, you go get them and really tell them. And you know what I did? I said, I'm going to tell them God loves them. <laughs> but she wanted me to come down here and just really tell you guys that if you don't live right, you're going to split hell wide open, go to hell on a handbasket, and you're going to experience eternal conscious torment. Good thing we know what we know. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? And I did the same gestures, hand gestures she did. I'm going to tell them that the Lord loves them. Amen. Amen. You know, people are, you know, when, when they're in the religious system, uh, we were all a mess, folks. I was the screwed up in my head, most screwed up in my head cheapest of anyone else. Like Paul said, the cheapest of sinners <laughs> in my head at one time. I was messed up in all kind of religious garbage and political stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember when my mama came to my church, or my house, we lived right next to the church, which wasn't the greatest, the church I was raised in. And uh, months had gone by and she didn't know that Tom and I were leaving the church. She came in she was mad at her wet head. She said, is what I'm hearing that you're leaving the church, is that true? And I said, yep. She got mad and walked out. Of course, you know I was adopted. She said, I wish I had never seen you. I wish I had never laid eyes on you. That's how crazy religion is. That's how crazy religion is. But you know what? I was established enough in the truth, even though I didn't know probably a third of what I know today, but you know what? It, it hurt, but then again, it didn't. Because I knew I was on a, a path that was going to lead to the place that I am today. I didn't know where it was going to lead me, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I was on a path that was going to lead to exactly where I am today. Now, verse 34, Matthew 23, the last part of that says, persecuted from city to city. Now, I can look at that in a couple ways. Wherever we take this word, whatever city, I don't care if it's Tennessee, I don't care if it's Canada, I don't care if it's Indiana, I don't care if it's Ohio, which we're going to go to in a couple weeks here, I don't care where you take it, there are going to be some that are going to either kill, yep. scourge, or persecute you if they cannot embrace the truth. Yep. No matter where we minister this, right. you're going to be called a cult, yeah. Yeah. You're going to be called a heretic? Yeah. I'm a happy one. <laughs> happy heretic. Yeah. You're going to be called a liar? Yeah. You're going to be called a false teacher by some people. And of course, city means consciousness. When you go from city to city, you're going to be persecuted or killed or crucified by those who are political and religious and don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. But city also means consciousness. So what's happening here? We're going from city to city, in our consciousness, in our level of awareness. Amen. Going from city to city, going from one degree of glory, one degree of, uh, of splendor to another degree of splendor Amen. where our consciousness Amen. is concerned. That'll help us when we try to minister this and people just think we're off the wall. That'll help us. Now, look at verse 35 there. That you may, that upon you may come all, this is so good that upon you may come all the righteous blood. Now this is talking about those that 
crucify and scourge and, and try to kill those who bear the truth. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. From the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, when ye slew, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. So if you would interpret this literally, verse 35, what you're seeing here is people that do the persecuting, people that do the scourging, the people that do the killing when people come and minister the truth. What you're seeing here is that there's going to be a blood that's going to come upon them, and it's the blood. I'm going to teach on this when I go to Ohio. It is, it is the blood, the vials of blood in Revelation chapter 16. There were seven vials there, and you can hook them up with seven of the plagues that brought Israel out of Egypt, but these vials bring Egypt out of us. There you go. So these vials, this blood of Abel, is going to come upon these people's heads that have killed and scourged and crucified those that minister the truth, and it's going to bring them to a place of understanding themselves. Amen. 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 That's what's going to happen. Wow. wow. So when they wound you, when they wound you, they cause that which is within you to just pour out more Come on, King. of the love of the Father. Yes. See, wrath, you know, when, when it talks about the vials in Revelation chapter 16, in the first verse of chapter 15, it says they're wonderful. Wow. And it says they come out of the wrath of God. Now, wrath is orge in the Greek, and it means the passionate love of the Father. So even these people that killed and scourged and killed those who speak the truth, these vials, the righteous blood of Abel is going to come upon them, and they're going to come through that means to the truth. Now, let me say something here about, listen to this. The blood of righteous Abel, Cain means the tiller of the soil. Cain. Remember, God didn't accept Cain's right. sacrifice. Cain means the tiller of the soil. And the soil represents the lower thoughts that filter through the left side to cause the west to encroach upon the east so the light cannot shine. But listen to Abel, because the righteous blood of Abel is going to come on these people. Abel means the keeper of the sheep. Sheep represent thoughts. Yep. Yep. The keeper of the thoughts. Sheep are spirit, and they are the higher Christ mind. So allegorically, what's saying here, what it's saying here is the righteous blood of Abel, the life from the right side is going to come, and it's going to put out the light of the West, and these people are going to have the blood, or these vials of Revelation 16, poured upon them, that's going to cause all of their squirrely thinking to be swallowed up. Amen. <laughs> now let's finish reading verse 36. Very I say unto you that all these things shall come upon this generation. What things? The righteous blood of Abel. The vials of Revelation chapter 16. And so at the end of the book of Revelation where it says if you add to or take away from the word, these plagues which was used for the vials, because in chapter 15 where it says these vials are wonderful, it calls them plagues. So the vials of Revelation 16 that straighten the people out 
are the same as the plagues if you add to the word or take away from the word then what's going to happen these plagues are going to come upon your head and you're going to be straightened out in that squirrely thinking and those traditional ideas and all the politics that you have Amen. Amen. That's what it's saying. Now look at verses 47 through 39. Well, now listen to this. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which were sent to thee. How often I would have gathered thy children together, right. even as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you would not. Right. Verse 38, behold, your house is left desolate or empty. Yep. Why? Because when you draw strictly from the left side, you're going to be an empty person. Right. Your house is desolate and it's empty. Yeah. Only when we draw from the Christ mind are we filled up with the wisdom, the fish, yeah. the 153 fish. Yeah. The wisdom, Woo! the Christ mind. Yeah. Verse 39, for I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth. Listen, till ye say, Blessed is he. Wow. You, blessed is he that brought the truth to you, but you scourged and you killed and you crucified. Man. You're not going to see me anymore. Blessed is he that cometh. And, and let me be, I'm too excited here. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Come on, me. Come on. Because listen, horse means 
and strength. And when we have the understanding that has come from the right side, the right hemisphere, that represents the realm of spirit and the Christ mind, we're going to have strength. Yes. That's the strength of the Lord that is going to manifest and is manifesting through the world. That was the strength of the Lord that manifested through a man that tried to kill me this week. Yes. And I said, much love to you, Much love to you. I wasn't just trying to, you know, be smart. Yeah, right. And the same word, the gal that wrote a post about me here a month yeah. ago. I wrote right on the post. You could go to the post if you want. And I won't say her name. If you want to know, I'll give it to you after the service here. And listen, I said, much love to you. Yeah. Much love to you. And I meant it because I love this woman. I dearly love this woman. She's helped me out in a, a certain thing I'm not even going to mention because you'll know who she is. And I'm not out here to, you know, to do the same thing that she did. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to bring myself down no. to that level. No. But I'm no. going to love the people. Love let them scourge, let them kill, let them crucify. Right. Honey, we're going to get it. Listen, let me say this. There's a scripture, I think it's in Matthew, that says, when they don't persecute you. Yes. When they don't try to kill yes. you. Yes. Then you need to realize, if they don't do it, you need to realize you ain't doing too much. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say it in those words, but it really says it. Wow. When you're not persecuted, then you need to wonder right. about yourself. Wow. You're not saying enough to ruffle the religious and political wow. people's feathers. That's right. wow. Look at you like a horse. Now, I'm not out here trying to ruffle people's feathers just for the sake of ruffling people's feathers. This is my heart. Come on, Kay. This is my life. I can't speak anything about this. And as I said earlier, I can't go to the religious people anymore and say, well, bless your heart. I know you're doing the best you can do. Absolutely not. So let's keep on keeping on. I know we're not large here, but I want to tell you, and I've told you this before, this group is known all over the world. Yes, we are. We are known all over the world by people. Small group? It's not in the numbers. No, it's not. It's not in the numbers. No, it's not. It had nothing to do with Jesus the only had 12. Stop counting. I got a few more than that. Not much. But we're going to keep right. on. Never mind what people say. That's right. That's right. Don't be moved by that. Don't be moved by it. We're only moved by the Christ. We're only moved. As Jesus said, I don't do anything when I see my father do. I don't say anything but what I hear my father say. That's my anthem. Come on, girl. That's my heart. It's my life. So, Father, we thank you tonight. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your word. Yes. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the conception and the quickening that is taking place in our lives. And not only our lives that are under the sound of my voice here, but those who are listening, those who will continue to listen, those who have been listening for many years. Yes. Let that quickening be a deep work yes. in working and yes. quickening and conception yes. within the left side. Yes. The womb, the virgin consciousness. Yes. Thank you for your grace and your Amen. love. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Lord we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.